0: Welcome to the Inside the Journey podcast. This is episode number 49 for Sunday, April 20th, 2014. I'm Nelson DeWitt, and John Younger is out today, but we are the creative team behind the upcoming documentary film Identifying Nelson, Buscando a Roberto. To learn more about the film and get updates, head on over to inbarfilm.com. That's I-N-B-A-R film.com. This week, we have a special guest, Lindsay Welch, who is actually part of our team here and is helping us um, with find excellent podcast guests. So the, the past couple guests, that has been Lindsay, who has done all the groundwork. So it's great to have you on the show finally.
1: It's great to be here.
0: So Last week, we had kind of our first episode where we talked about adoption, and uh, I think that that sparked some questions for you, Lindsay, so maybe we could start by just getting into what we are going to be talking about today.
1: Absolutely. Um, yes, yeah, I was listening to the podcast with Mila last week. it brought up some questions. I think two of you started talking a bit about culture and the difference of uh, being adopted from one culture into another. And that also brought up for me a bit uh, the topic of race. And you touched a little bit on being raised by a family whose race wasn't the race that you were genetically born with. And then i came across an article online somebody sent it to me about uh the changing face of america that was in national geographic last october which brought up the question um that we're no longer a country in america here where race is black and white that it's uh, becoming a lot more varied so nelson i was curious for you what comes up for you when you hear the word race
0: um besides my initials (laughs) Uh, you know, it's interesting because I, I feel like your, your sentiment is very, is right on, you know, that the idea of race and culture are very closely linked, even though they appear to be different on the surface, you know, that, um, when we're talking about race and that article was specifically about children of mixed race background and that's a group of people that that I feel like I can identify with very strongly you know like I'm not of mixed race per se but I did grow up in this mixed cultural household where like my last name is is german and I you know grew up eating german uh, uh, german sweets over the holidays but you know, the, on the surface, I look Latino. So it, it it does bring up these very, you know, weird dynamics, I think.
1: So do you identify yourself as a specific race? Like when you're looking at all these different forms that we have to fill out in life these days, what box do you check off?
0: I, I guess I check off Latino just because it's sometimes advantageous, you know, like when we were applying to college that you you applied as a latino even though, you know, you you sort of have the upbringing and the privilege of a middle class white family. Um I I don't know if I sort of strongly identify myself with either one where, you know, I I say oh, I am this race or I am that race. I tend to think of it as as being able to bridge the gap of floating in between both you know and i think a lot of that comes from um, my my teenage years when i was just starting to know my my birth family you know and i had people actually several people say to me you know you're not latino you're white and that was both here in america and in central america and I, I always said, okay, you know, internally, I thought, okay, yeah, I, I get why you're saying that, but I still get profiled at the airport and, and people have this con- um, perception of who I am or what I'm doing in this country. And that's not of a middle-class white family, you know, and, and so that, that is that dynamic is always at play in the back of my mind. And and then I, and I notice when, when that happens, when it pops up.
1: But I imagine that you get the question, like, where are you from or what are you occasionally? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, that, that was a question that was in the article, I believe, right? It was. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, because I'm not, sort of mixed racially i can say i'm from el salvador and like that you know that's pretty accurate i'm both my parents were salvadoran i don't have any sort of crazy you know like i there was a waitress at a, a restaurant once who i think was like filipino irish um african american and puerto rican all in one you know and, and I'm not really like that. I'm more of, you know, Salvadoran, but culturally, I'm not exactly Salvadoran, you know, I guess, or I didn't have the same upbringing. Although, you know, that that brings to mind a, a story. Last week, when I was out in LA, I was talking to a friend of mine, Filiberto, and he was talking about When I visited the Salvadoran community near Pico Union, the last time I was in LA, that I met with uh, several members of the Salvadoran community. And their remark to Filiberto afterwards was, you know, I can tell that this person had a different upbringing, but there's something about him that is Salvadoran. Like there's something about the way he carries himself or his presence that is Salvadoran. And I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, I I, I'm hearing that two years later, but you know, so who knows?
1: (laughs) Well, that brings up an interesting question with the film. I've heard you talking about looking for the connections and what connects us.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I see race filling an interesting piece of that. I mean, I am hearing that there's sort of this connection for you with El Salvadorian people that you might not have come across had you been born as a white middle-class man at the same age
0: mm. into your family. You know, so so being told that you're you're not Latino, that you're white kind of makes you feel like an outsider, you know that that you don't belong here kind of is maybe the undertone there. Um but at the same time what I was talking to Mila about was that feeling of being an outsider is something that I've grown to appreciate. I accept the fact that I'm an outsider and I embrace it and and I'm okay with being the only latino looking person in uh, Asian restaurant, you know, when everyone else is is primarily is Asian, and I think that what I have noticed is some of my friends who grew up with more of a, a traditional, a single race sort of um, upbringing have difficulty in those situations because it's the first time in their lives that they are an outsider and they're very self-conscious about it, you know, whereas I've learned to just embrace it and let go of that inner monologue, that inner fear and just say, well, you know, they think I'm an outsider and that's fine. And I'm just going to enjoy this experience for what it is. Wow.
1: That just seems to sort of flow really easily from you. And I'm, I'm curious about that journey to to get to that spot
0: yeah because it wasn't always that easy right i i mean i think just about every uh person that you you know that that has come to a resolution with something or even has gained some success in the world you know it sounds so neat and pretty at the end but the the journey to get there was oftentimes a, a little rough so when i You know, when I first went down to Costa Rica, I stood in line for the the to get your baggage. And this woman with a clipboard walks up to me and she starts asking me questions in Spanish. And I'm 16. I've never taken Spanish uh, in school. I have no idea what she's saying. So I do the only thing that I can think of and completely ignore her. (laughs) like i just pretend she's not there and she kind of storms off because i was being rude to her uh but you know that that was a very interesting experience and then you know there basically it's what has happened to me and i can tell you like a, a ton of these stories of where you just what what is going to happen should be very obvious And then it just never happens that way. And so you get used to that kind of thing. And the best example of this is in 2011, when I went down to El Salvador to shoot for the film, uh, there there are two lines in El Salvador, right? There's the line for the nationals and there are lines for the visitors. And it's very Mm -hmm. odd walking, you know, going back to your birth country and standing in the visitors line. And then the customs agent asked me, are you going to Honduras? And I say, no. And I kind of look at him like, why would I go to Honduras? And then I remember it's on my, my passport as my country of birth. So they're looking at me and thinking, here's this uh, Honduran who's coming to El Salvador for some reason. You know, he's a U.S. citizen. He has this weird name. <laughs> he's coming to El Salvador and and is uh, i don't know going to visit his family or something like that it, it it's all these situations of you know the, what you expect to happen doesn't happen and i think that you get used to that that type of oddity i i don't know how to describe it exactly but um that helps you uh i don't know if it helps you feel okay but it it um Puts you outside of your comfort zone, and then your comfort zone expands. I think another great example might be, I was, uh, you know, I I used to be very self-conscious taking the bus from Costa Rica to Panama to visit my family uh, when I was in my teenage years because I felt like an American. I, you know, thought I dressed like an American. I thought I, you know, everyone knows that I'm a fraud, right? In this in this country. And then one day I sort of realized, you know, if I don't say anything, then they think I'm one of them. Like I blend in here and I can kind of get away with it. And, and, you know, it became this sort of like, you know, uh, I'm a hiding in plain sight, you know, kind of thing. And I don't know, it was very empowering at the time, you know, when I was younger that like, Oh, I'm this an American and I'm in, latin america and no one knows it and if i just play this game well enough i can get away with it right you know so i think those kind of experiences have shaped my my perspective and my worldview, so that i'm a lot more open-minded when it comes to the idea of of race and culture
1: what i'm hearing there's sort of this idea of racial profiling is that you have experienced really getting racially profiled just sort of on a, on a day-to-day basis, um, both up here and down there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. And yeah, I, I don't know if, it, it's not that I'm okay with it. Uh, you know, I, there's certainly, there have been times like in the airport where, uh, you know, they, they made me, um, uh, coming into the U S going through customs, they put me in this line to, you know, talk with the customs agents and the person in front of me was yelling at this older man and saying like, if I find that you're trying to move into this country, I'm going to have you deported, you know? And he was, he was being rude to that guy. And, and I, you know, I, I couldn't believe that like as someone who grew up in middle-class America I was being put in that line. I guess that's the way I can explain it. But you know, thankfully another customs agent came over and he was a lot nicer and so I could have a dialogue with him. Uh and and he let me, you know, he let me go with no problem. But you know, it was just it was just the idea that they're they're putting me in this line thinking that I'm, you know, I don't know, trying to sneak into the country or something like that. And and this ha- another story is that I, I was coming through and a customs agent said, where are you going? And I said, I'm going home. <laughs> you know, I'm going back to Boston. I'm going home. And he said, well, what do you do there? And I go, I, I go to school. I'm a student. And he said, good. That's what you should have said the first time. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm just trying to get home. You know, why, why are you giving me such a hard time? So I think that there there are times where sort of the ro- racial profiling works against me, and that's mm-hmm. that's where the feeling of yes, but I'm not white on the surface kind of comes in. That you know that that's where I always hesitate to call myself like white. And
1: it strikes me this sort of like the the unique experience that you have of your sort of physical appearance, what I'd consider your race, not aligning with your culture.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I have the last name DeWitt, right? DeWitt, which is uh, German or, or Dutch. So there is this dichotomy where, like, your your appearance, is, like, if you just see my name on on paper and you meet me, there's something that's off right and and I was telling you this story uh yesterday when we when we were talking in the sort of pre-show where I went to a class that a friend of mine taught and I you know it was a class about race and identity and this this kind of topics and I stood in front of them and I said looking at me how do you define my race and they said oh you're you're latino and then I said based on the way that I dress and the way that I talk, how would you classify my race? And they said, white, middle-class America. And then I said, so what am I? And they all sort of went silent. <laughs> um, you know, not in a bad way, but like it, that was the point. The, the point is like, it's very hard to classify someone like me because I don't fit into any of these neat check boxes that they have on the on the census, you know, and the point of the article, I think was that um, more and more Americans are starting to fall between these lines, you know, and there's got to be something better to check off than just other, right? And I think that's, that's what it was kind of alluding towards.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And I, and
1: I'm curious as to, you know, That we do have this tendency to to want to put people in checkboxes or want to know where someone's from or what their background is. In some ways, I see it as a way for us to try to find a connection Mm. in a world that's becoming increasingly less connected. And trying to find other alternatives for how we connect with people.
0: Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point because I, I think, you know, the, the checkboxes make it easy for us to identify, you know, you're Puerto Rican, I'm Puerto Rican. You know, we have something in common. But I think the way the world is changing is that it's almost, it's forcing us to open up more and to talk to people and to find out like what do you have in common? And so on the plane ride back from LA, I was sitting in the seat with uh, a white woman and an Indian man. And it's sort of, you know, so there's this white woman, Indian man, Latino man. And We're all sitting, sounds like a bad joke, but <laughs> we're all sitting in, in the plane and we get to talking and we find out that like the the one thing that we all have in common is that we each have a piece of the berlin wall that we were all in germany after the berlin wall fell in time to have a piece of the wall that sits on our desks that to me i thought was pretty remarkable you know because not too many people have that and then to have three people coincidentally sitting in a plane and and had that thing in common but we only got to that because we started opening up and talking to each other and in a world like if you're just looking for the checkbox to find someone else to relate to I think it makes it a lot harder to to make those connections as you were as you were saying which
1: just sound like a pretty amazing connection to make
0: I think it was. I mean, for, for me personally, it was pretty amazing. To, you know, what are the odds? Well,
1: it's feeling like that's a really nice place to wrap this up. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about this today, Nelson.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for all your help with the podcast. I, I think we've uh, really begun to hit our stride here and, uh Actually, that reminds me, next week will be episode number 50, which is our one-year anniversary of of doing the show. So thank you to everyone out there for listening and for taking the time to be here with us. If you could do us a huge favor and just share this with someone that you think would enjoy it, either on Facebook or Twitter, or just send the link via email. That would be great. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.